Welcome everybody to the very most specialist Stazapod ever. We have the man himself, the desert rat, the Choriger, Matt Dowdy, creator of Glios and Onel Design, and that you know, pretty much the reason we're here today. We're here on Patreon, we're here on Shopify, we're functioning on all these cylinders because of this man. So say hello, Matt. Yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just lucky we're just lucky that's it agreed i i definitely think it you know there's uh there's been several sort of uh lucky breaks for me at least and uh you know i'm just glad i get to surf the wave yeah well it's we've known each other for a spit you know uh it's i was just talking to mark about this we talk about everything all the time when we're working together. Um, Mark Bodet being the other half of O'Neill and I'm the third of it. Michelle, of course, being, you know, my wife and uh, we started everything together. Um, but Mark and I work on the regular. Um, so, we, you know, listen to tunes and talk about everything and, um, you know, talking about not being anywhere without somebody. We'd be nowhere without Mark. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, we were just talking about the old days, um, back, way, way back, because I, I met Mark in 2006, and you and I met um, each other in 2004. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, you, I, I thought you had known Mark much longer than me. Interesting. No, I, I, I met you first, hmm. um, and way, way, way back when Michelle was, Michelle was actually pregnant with Katie um, when I went to my first San Diego Comic-Con and I, I went out there with the, you know, the, the high hopes of meeting Takara because I heard Takara was going to be there. Remember that? Mm -hmm. When they were doing the whole thing where they were starting to think about Takara, you know, had tomato, tomato. Um, but they were going to try to do some sort of Microman thing. So, yeah, I, I was actually um, uh, probably in 2005, the, the next year, they were... For Jazzwares to be the sort of sales force for Microman's expansion into the U.S., so um, oh, yeah. they, you know, they put me as sort of creative lead on the project because I was the only person in the company who knew the brand. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, they, they just couldn't work out something that you know financially made sense for everybody. Yeah, I, mean, I remember that you actually had called me uh, during that time. And and we had discussed me taking photography, the doing the U.S. photography for their for their you know where their rollout was going to be because you had seen the micro show in two thousand and four, right? Um, which was that you know basically you know that old Microman remodeling project, the whole real type, you know I, I think you call it future perfect. Yeah. Um, that whole thing, I was so obsessed with it, and you know the as the story goes, you know, I was working with Michelle's family, uh, you know, working on generators and driving around in trucks. And I would work at night after the, after hours making customs, um, and, and learning, you know, how to, how to build things out of plumber's compound and radiator patch and, <laughs> you know, nuts and bolts and whatever the hell I could find. And, uh, but I made that micro show, I sort of an act of passion. And, and then I had, had sort of dispersed it amongst the um, Micropolis Yahoo group. Um, I know you and I have talked about them before, but they date way back, back when I first got on the internet for the very first time in 1998. 
um, I kind of quickly came into contact with this this Yahoo group, the male group, and they're a microman enthusiast, you know. And and now that group is has is turned into the Facebook micro man group, micronauts group, or, mm-hmm. uh, micro. But I always, you know, I had such a passion for customizing stuff forever, and and when I I would read the Hobby Japan's and all this stuff. I just always wanted to make my own little booklets, you know, just for no other reason, just to do it. There was no intention of a professional career. There was no intention of anything. I just wanted to have this book that would chronicle all this weird shit I was making.、Um, and then it just happened to be that when I was working on it, Takara announces that they're going to be in San Diego. So even though Michelle was, you know, geez, I think she was. That was in July. She was about six months, seven months pregnant,、mm-hmm. and、uh, she was in there editing the thing. And I, you know, we printed it at our local printing place that's now gone, like everything is. And I took it with a backpack with me. And, and Jesse Moore had gone.、Uh, Jesse Moore, the creator, called him, and you know, one of my longtime,、uh, you know, best friends and just just a brother.、Um, he, you know, he went. Because he wanted to do break into comics, so I just decided the last minute to go out. I went, I crashed on his floor, did the whole San Diego thing, and I remember I was going to meet up with Jeremy Sung.、Mm-hmm. Jeremy Sung、uh, being the creator of you know the Weaponeers, one of the creators of Weaponeers of Montcard, chief executive,、tribes. yeah, Battle Tribes and the Armory sets, and, and, and an incredible. An incredible artist, an incredible customizer, one of the early greats too, and still a great. But yeah, and now we're all blind I, and all, you know. <laughs> for my part, I had sort of、um, I knew Jeremy through RTM, Raving Toy Maniac,、um, which yeah, around you know ninety seven, ninety eight, I was very immersed in. This was really like early internet. Yeah, that was kind of the first toy group I. Belong to, and、uh, Jeremy used to send me because he was in California. So he would get a hold of all these great candy toys and Japanese dashapon and things like that, and he would send me these care packages that were just amazing. That's so Jeremy. You know, he's always such a generous guy. Yeah,、uh, it, it's you know his、uh, his screen handles what spy magician. Yeah, you know, and、uh, it's yeah. That's I mean, you guys knew each other, and then I met him, and then. I was meeting up with him at was it the was it the art asylum booth where you were working? What、right. was it? And, it、uh, yeah, it was a it was a play along slash art asylum booth. Play along had sort of just bought art asylum, yeah,、uh, and so it the branding was mostly art asylum. We were there promoting C two C, I think the the brick line was called, and it, they had the.、Uh, They had the DC license, so that the the Batman, like the Batman yeah, jet, no, Batjet,、um, and then there's also Lord of the Rings mini mini mates, and then play for play along's part, there was a、um, Lord of the Rings Army of Middle Earth three pack, and I remember there were only two people in the entire company at play along that were action figure fans, myself, and I was just an unpaid intern at that point, and then、uh, a guy named Deal Betts. Who、uh, came from McFarland and went on to work for Jack Specific and MGA?、Um, and、uh, yeah, we were we were designated as the the boots on the ground because we were the only two people 
Uh, you spoke the language. You, yeah. you spoke the action. I mean, you, you were painting those miniatures, weren't you, for, for Lord of the Rings? Weren't you doing some... Were you doing comps then? Or what What were you doing there? I thought you had your fingers into that. Um, I was... I think I eventually worked my way up to production coordinator. So okay. I worked as just a, a fixer for a guy named Rick Watkins, um, who's worked on a ton of great toy lines and is a really great product director. Um, so I would basically, I would, you know, I knew everything about Lord of the Rings. So I would pull screenshots. I would touch up paint masters. I would coordinate with uh, General Giant, who did all the prototyping. And at that day and age, it was George Gaspar, Justice Joseph, yeah. Devin yeah. Moore, all of whom are, <laughs> I mean, General Giant doesn't really exist anymore. All those guys have sort of gone on to uh, much different stuff. But I would basically, you know, I would just do whatever grunt work uh, sort of came Whatever, they, Whatever they threw at you, you would, you would do. Well, I mean, you, you were, uh, you were on the ball when we met too. And I mean, it was funny because Jeremy and I both had backpacks mm -hmm. and, and we were like, we decided to meet it. I don't know. We just never met in person. And then we started showing each other stuff. Yeah. And, and it was, and then you, we, we were sort of, I think he was, it was because he had gone over to talk to you. And then I, I think it was a good spot to meet you and I, you and I hit it off instantly. I remember talking to you because we just, again, the same language, the same kind of like the bullshit, the same. I think it was a look in the eye too, like a similar kind of passion for this stuff. A glimmer, know? yeah, yeah, it was. And but it was it was funny because you just, you know, you, in general, I think you remember when you meet longtime friends that sort of become family. You know, it's like you know, yeah. you, you 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 and Bobby and Josh, right? Like when you guys all you guys sort of you know what i mean your your groups that you meet over time right, right. That, and then when you, you you have a shorthand with your friends like that and it never goes away it's like uh you know that's it's you it's just, just i don't know yeah and it's and you know and you have such a history that you can spend you spend a lot of time also remembering some bullshit that you did together mm -hmm. or whatever it was you know, and it's, but sometimes when you meet somebody, when you meet somebody and you're a little bit older, you know, so when you make friends and you're in, you know, a lot of the friends men have, I think, in males in general, come from younger years. You know what I mean? It's, totally. it's just kind of notice this, especially being married. You know, Michelle keeps her acquaintances from when she was younger, but she, she'll make new friends over time, mainly because of children, right? So right. kids, kids come into it and then, sometimes you're you know you become friends with other parents and it's because of your children and but it's it's a funny thing because it's it's sort of uh it's this amorphous shifting thing whereas males are like you kind of you dig in and there's this maybe it's not so much nostalgia but it's it's like you're you're all aware of the same movie you know which was your life together so it, as much as like a ten, two ten year olds going to see star wars or something you know and then and then that parlays into a summer hanging out playing around doing whatever it's amazing how it echoes through the rest of your life and you make friends later but not you don't make as many maybe deep friends later but then again you know i met mark late and later in life for me and you know and, and you and i met a little bit later so i was in my you know mid-20s 
Um, you were goddamn. You were young as hell when I met you. <laughs> yeah, I must have been. Uh, what, two, we're talking two thousand four. Yeah. So yeah, twenty four years old. Yeah, you you're a young man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so I guess I was in, I guess I was a little older than I than I'm thinking. I was more towards my thirties. But yeah, that was a great that was a great day, and it was funny because throughout that that convention, um, you know, because I hooked up with Jesse more later. And we were just kind of, you know, looking around at things. And I talked to Takara. I gave him some books. I got, you know, I got all kind of psyched up, like you get in, in. Uh, and then I met this guy John Chandler that was had this line called the Scrumps. You remember that? I do. Um, yes. Yeah. It, he was at the Toy Tokyo booth, and Lev was over there. Mm -hmm. That's also the first convention I met the guys at Gargamel. I met Hitty at Secret Base. Had yet to meet Maury, um, and. Uh, it was nuts and i met i met my you know my my buddy adam middleton i met paul Lorfenpipe, who runs micro uh, forever you know anybody who's into microman knows that's the primo still the best site ever um just just ran into so, so many guys that were at that the genesis point of a lot of what became independent toys you know in a lot of ways um was that the year then, that uh like um mullet heads were sort of there do you remember those guys yeah what what were they doing they were uh it was achy breaky toys right and they yeah. they sort of signed a deal with mtv for a beavis and butthead saw um cartoon but they gave away the merch they had to pause the merchandise right so they sort of you know shot themselves in the foot and then that was yeah it. but uh jonathan from achy breaky toys went on to form the loyal subjects and you know he sort of oh man we'll talk about him wow that's i mean the great success that they've had i yeah. mean just just looking at the the recent toy fair coverage over the last you know last week and bit it's i i feel so conflicted about so many things you know like about about just the general general vibe of it just so many incredible things the stuff that's going on with you know brian and josh super seven is nuts i mean it's nuts yeah. You know, he, he's a, the two of them, are, they're animals. You know what I mean? They, they really are. Uh, their whole team is nuts, really good. And they're working with, with uh, Eric and the boys, you know, four horsemen and, you know, you know, a multitude of other great artists. But, you know, I was just looking through all the different things that are coming out and it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, I guess it's overwhelming every year, right? As a consumer, you look at it and go, holy shit, you know, this but but I think there's been a little bit of a schism because it's almost as if these toy companies, you know, the, meaning, you know, the big boys and even smaller size ones that are a couple notches above us, you know, all of us, they, they've sort of pinpointed that most younger kids and 10 year olds and, and 14, 15 year olds, that they're not buying toys anymore. And the market, it really is us. So it's, it's preschool and it's us and preschool is that's it. what what these current toy aisles are stocked with at, at Target and Walmart. Um, and then, yeah, it's... Uh, well, you know, yeah. what's the fascinating thing about that, too? It's, it's, and that's exactly perfect. Exact. That's the delineation, right? But where do you see anything new appear? Preschool. So, you know, yeah. Paw Patrol, all this. You see this, uh, just this wealth of new material coming out year to year in these departments, almost selecting only. Whereas you go down a few aisles at Target and you're you're basking in nostalgia from top to bottom. And I know I know it's kind of 
with you especially you know you're a a bit of you know you're an, always been sort of the avant-garde you know uh as you call it you know nostalgia is the low-hanging fruit and 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 i in into in a in a lot of a lot of levels i think that statement is true at the same time i think there's a way to channel it through your own creative prism that can also benefit everybody without being so over the top right so it's an itch that needs to get scratched at some point by a creator i think whereas some people go in one direction like you know morgan with but he does suck lord and he he you know he's he's really incredible on a lot of levels and he's 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 very you know transparent and he's the way he is he but he's he's quite talented but he likes to just he sort of takes it to another level you know whereas somebody else might like I was on eBay the other day and I saw those crazy figures coming out of Singapore right the droids unproduced figures yeah yeah you know and they're they're crazy i mean they're pvc they're they're making them and then they made even the boba fett that's the one that was on the back of the card that was the kit bash right they made that and they shoot a rocket and everything that goes that's you know copyright infringement straight up sure but does that you know so what's that where is that in the spectrum of things but then i look at all the stuff coming out the new transformers you know that john warden's down there you know shepherding in his his great dream of these hyper detailed super transformers that are fucking insane mm-hmm. i know you're not a you're you you cherry pick the transformers i know um but it's 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 crazy to look at all these things happening you know and then is there really anything truly new for collectors that are in our age bracket Re- really i mean it there's not a whole lot at retail right no um, no there's next to nothing i'd say i mean even next to nothing if you look at somebody like neca that has dedicated space at a place like target um they make fantastic figures i i just went on a uh, i just did a video earlier today unpacking the apone tenor style figure that just arrived that was is it good that's fantastic but um even even there with neca's footprint it has to it can sort of only play in nostalgia right because yeah. neca's yeah. not introducing a generic or a creator owned 7 inch hyper articulated figure it's all the films that we love and sort of grew up on and all yeah. the language we speak yeah. not to i'm not you know casting dispersions because they make fans no it, but it is what it is yeah, yeah it is it, it it exists for what it is specific purpose that it serves right yeah i mean it's 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 interesting cuz then you go to you know around the corner and you you see the treasure x thing like moose moose is an interesting company right yeah um just just that on the whole because clearly our counterparts are working there and we know that our a lot of our counterparts meaning guys our age our interests are working in the imagine x department right. we know that for sure and we can we can see the the sort of some things will do i think will influence some things that will happen there I I I think a lot of people that collect toys especially guys in their 20s that are coming up and learning all this stuff now guys in their 30s know a good amount guys in their 40s know a lot because they've been around right right and then and then getting towards 50 maybe guys are starting to forget <laughs> but it's but it's kind of interesting cuz it is a very finite world as far as who's actually making this stuff you know as as far as like in internally with yeah there's there's company. not a, a a unending well of toy designers that are in their 30s or 40s it's no. you know, 
it's like 12, maybe 20 guys, maybe 20 guys. And, and they're all doing, they're all multitasking or working together, you know, in, in unison to, to accomplish these things. And it, and it Hasbro and it Mattel. And I, and I think even, I mean, I think what, what they do at NEC is it's remarkable really, because even though they're figures, you know, if you, upon first glance, you say, this is the $35 thing or your 25 or $35 predator or, or, or whatever they're making. It's really incredible that they're even making these figures at all, you know, and yeah. that there's, they're so intricate and there's such a depth of engineering that goes into it. But plus, I think, you know, Randy's been at that how long, you know, more I mean, than 10 years. I mean, it's, I talk about it, you know, that's a person that's extremely competent. I think in what he does in, 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 you know, I've met him a few times over the years, but never, never any at any length, but just watching what they year after year they put out. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. If you're into movie related collectibles, I mean, that's pretty much your pocket right there, yep. you know, for what they're doing. And, and then, you know, and then they have some cool video game things. I dig the aliens versus predator stuff, but, but I guess circling back it, when you, when you really look at the spectrum of what's available, Moose is an interesting company because I think that they're hitting on that, that other piece that we all, it's more. I think it's almost more authentic in a way to the experience of buying toys in the eighties than potentially buying a reaction figure, which is, is based on the nostalgic reflection of it. Whereas you go buy a treasure X figure or you buy one of the, you know, the trash pack or, or the, these kinds of, these kinds of figures or the grocery gang figures like the biomechanical pizza, the, these things, they, they're an actual experience that, that is, analogous to that you know like yeah. when you would go in and see it and be like what the fuck is this you know it's like you go into a toy aisle and there was no toy fair for you to see there was nothing there was no toe marts when you were a child there were no lees there were no toy fair it was like you went in and it's not like this is the first conversation but it's just it is relevant as because we're toy makers which is why i think the sense of mystery that both you and i like to enjoy when we do releases there there's a there's a reason for it and i think it 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 does allow sort of a creative voyage versus just telegraphing every last thing and that's that's sort of where toy fair is like remember when we used to go there with beantown we did it for three years three or four years and that's when you and i really kind of really got to connect because we come and hang out with you during right. that time and and, uh, you know, and I remember when you, you know, remember when you pitched Recklin and Aves in that meeting with that lady who was working on the Gotchaman stuff or whatever. And I mean, you, you were always oh, looking. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She had a crush on you. But I remember you, you were always looking out for us, even though you're younger than I am. You, you, you always were looking out for us. You know, I, I, I never forgot that. I, I, I appreciate it to this day. That's why I always try to do anything I can to, you know, look out for you too. And, and whatever you do in, in, uh, but I remember those days because we were sort of, you'd been in the industry longer than I had. <clears throat> so when I came into it, I, you know, I literally walked off a fucking, you know, a farm, right. you know what I mean? It's like, I came out of a, a blue collar existence, driving trucks around with my, you know, my brother-in-law from six to, you know, seven at night, moving generators, you know, sl smashed hands, scars, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, that, yeah. that was, and, and it was, is a good living it's hard but but you you know you sort of said hey 
you know, here's, you know, here's Matt Connolly working for McFarland. Let's here's this guy. Here's here's Brock. You know what I mean? Here's you know, we would all kind of hang out and it was fun. I mean, great memories of that time. I, you know, it's it's but it was it was an education. So even then you started to see the veil come uh, fall away from what the industry kind of is and, and still is. It's amazing, but it's also it's so hinged upon these these swinging gates, you know, and and again, like a, if you see something at retail now and it legitimately surprises you, that's just such a rarity. But I think in, a, in so many ways, all these nostalgic grabs, they're not they're not in effect doing the thing that these other companies that maybe a, a guy who collects six inch, six inch figures doesn't give a shit about. Right. But I can guarantee you that Jeremy, Jeremy Sung loved the grocery gang. Yeah. You know what I mean? He got it. You know what I mean? And other guys that collect, you know, who are in like minifigure collectors, they go nuts for this shit because it's, it's cheap, it's accessible, and it's, frankly, it's it's refreshing. Yeah, I, because I think you're 100% right. They really, Moose are probably in a league of their own in terms of creating the same experience we had when we were kids. And, and that also means... The price point, right? Because yeah, the price point. I was price point. talking earlier today about you know you walk into Toy Works and Kenner Alien figures are three for five dollars. It's like, gee, that's a oh great day, God. you know. Oh, it's a great day. And I mean, um, yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. Moose have, you know, they've uh, they've done a really good job of synthesizing that and not having to uh, lean on a license or make it all about the style guide. You know, yeah, it's it's in here. It's in internal. You know, the other big line for for many years that I I really loved was Ben Ten, and that was like what a what a what an excellent connection. You know, between what the source material was and what Bandai was able to put out because Bandai went bonkers. I mean, they they really went crazy. There were so many scales and so many variations, yeah. and the line was reborn multiple times every time the show would be renewed. And now Playmates. I mean, uh, yeah, Playmates has it. Yep, I just picked up uh, that tiger-looking figure, which a rat. That's yeah, rat. Looks a ton like um, the the race called the Gars, which were sort of the uh, wild antagonist to Cray. Uh, um, oh, that's perfect, right? Uh, yeah. So now he's. Uh, I, I, why do I sense a tiger-headed <laughs> <laughs> expansion pack me, in our future? I love that. Would be great. That those figures are nice, and it, it's it's kind of a it's always a little bit painful when I see creators take a new spin on like this this recent incarnation of TMNT. I I, I really I love it. Yeah, you know I saw the show. It's funny as hell. It's it's, it's especially funny if you have kids in the 10 to 14 year old bracket because of these because of the technology because of fucking you know screens right and they're they're they the guys who are making it you know they they clearly understand kids now right and i like that it's weird i like that it's fucked up you know and i like the toys yeah you know and, and actually the pizza point thing those figures actually look even cooler it looked like they had extra paint on their hands and their weapons and did you get that i did yeah it just arrived a few weeks so it, yeah, sadly it's still sitting in the box but i did uh, i separately picked up the michelangelo and um i, I just think construction wise it's it's the best version of the turtles like yeah you can wicked make them wicked. sort of compact you know the arms sort of sit in between the shells 
in a yeah. in a really compact and tight way and it you know i think it's it's really um it's quite a marvel yeah it's super nice and the in the ben 10 share that construction aesthetic in yeah. that that quality that build quality i mean i i was out with uh cc uh, like last week and you know you know the my youngest and she's 10 and we we decided to go on a little quick loop we call them loops up here right so we go on a loop and i don't get to loop as much as we used to like to because when we get close to a, a launch or you know especially with cny we, but cny afforded us like an extra week of a little family time um and we went on a loop and we ended up at a couple we hit a couple hit a GameStop and we, we hit a walmart you know the, the usual pedestrian things but we were in a we were in a uh walmart and i came across the kevin 11 hot shot like it was a new figure yeah and i i don't watch the show anymore but i like i always look at the figures but it was like basically it was a you know a kevin 11 version of of heat blast and it and it was like you know your classic anti-hero it was super nice so i picked it up and and then we got the bot bots i don't know if you picked up any of those the the, the transformers new small yeah 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 i bought a pack there i i mean they're great and both girls like and i love them i think there there's there's some ingenious things happening there and it's again it's i mean looking back this will be the time period where people were into like shopkins and bop bots and like you know all these little knick-knack things right. that i think sort of was ushered in by squinkies you remember squinkies oh, yeah. from with those were those are phenomenal i don't like that really squishy material personally but i love what they did you know, I think it opened up a crazy. That was Toys R Us was still around. Those yeah. things were getting churned out, and I, I think uh, when they started doing more licensed stuff, that's when I, I, I didn't, I wasn't as interested. I guess that sort of happens to me. I like it when yeah. it's just it, it's it's sort of that uh, you know when they start doing Neon Ninjas and GI Joe, it's like uh, it's a little yeah, long yeah. the tooth. Yeah, and it gets and it gets a little strange, and it sort of brings us in a in a long shot you know mega loop back to sort of what we all do it, it's and this is kind of why sometimes when i see you know a new take on something sort of get lamb blasted you know blown to shit online or something like people don't like the turtles because it's this way or they don't like this version of this or that i i, I totally get it you know it, it people people are very very precious about the things that they love and there's a there's an a, a real real uh focus on things being just so when it comes to these nostalgic properties you know did do you remember i think didn't paul bundits have a something written on his wall that said nostalgia is the enemy of creativity didn't is that is that what he had painted in the kid robot offices for years i swear i i read a book once that somebody had pointed that out that he was he, he was really against it, taking anything from the past. It, it could be, but it's highly ironic that now he's on the scene again with Jankies, which is yes, just which a, Dunnies. a rehash yeah. of well, Dunnies. <laughs> this is kind of why I bring it up, because you always got to be careful what you say. I guess we all say stupid shit. It's yeah. human nature. But it's in this industry, you got to watch out what you say, too, because you will inevitably be forced creatively to visit every nook and cranny the longer you last yeah so if we're we started in 2007 july 2007 
San Diego Comic Con was the first time we ever sold Faded. Mm-hmm. And we sold it in a box. And I remember st- standing there. Do I did every? We tried to do everything, the you know, the traditional way. You know, we we had ads that we paid for in Lee's. We we you know we did promotions. We sent out samples. I tried to do wholesale. The whole nine yards. Right. Um, and I remember thinking, because you remember that when that stuff first came in, it was poof. It was you know, it was crap. It was it was good plastic, terrible finish. Right. So I mean, I had back then you had to order thousand and a half, like you'd have yeah, to order fifteen yeah. hundred. So I had seven styles that I ordered between twelve hundred and and fifteen hundred of. Right. So we had we had phase fade in, standard fade in, gears edge fade in. Then we had standard Exilus, uh, hyper Exilus. Aves Exilus and Reverse Exilus, and they all showed up on a pallet. No air freight, no FedEx back then. It was on a, you know, big ass pallet right. via ocean. And I remember going out there, cutting it open, because it was it was, I think a, maybe a week before San Diego, where we had paid for the table and we were going to do this whole thing. And for, we had been there for years in Artist Alley selling Gears Edge books and Reckland and Aves urethane figures and stuff. This was the first like time we had moved down to the other section, which what became like, you know, where everybody ended up. That was in a the good line. area for a couple of years. L- let me ask you this though. Yeah. I-, I think listeners would probably want you to back up and explain the jump from handcrafting these figures out of urethane oh, or yeah. scrap yeah. metal, and then how you took the step to be in the manufacturing game. Because I think that's okay. what probably what not a lot of people know. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially I think with the folks that you, you know, because we've had a, we've had sort of divergence in some of our our shared fan base too. You know, it's you've got a lot of new guys that aren't necessarily into our aesthetic, but might appreciate the history of of the correlation between our our sort of lines. You know, and um, I love meeting new people and seeing new people pop up too. It's it's I think you know we're. It's so great that there are still guys that are into different things. Mm-hmm. The, the guys that are into your stuff, that are into our stuff, they're into Jeremy's stuff, they're into John's stuff, you know, they're that are into Marty's stuff. You know, these guys are like us. You know what I mean? You find that they're they're quite similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, right? for sure. It's similar. There's a certain level, this similar kind of viewpoint too, and and they build in a similar way or they're creatively inspired in similar ways and. It, it's I mean I feel so lucky that and I love when a new line starts to flourish now you've had such uh, such a growth in the past year right um, yeah past, meaning I mean, since, since yeah. November really that's when everything's yeah. skyrocketed really picked up the pace and, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it's great because these guys I think they relate to you too because you're a transparent person you're, you're, not, you're a fearless person and in your high, you're way more creative than I think most people know too. That are just getting to know you through the line too. I don't, that you you've you really do have so much to bring to the table. Um, you know, you're a rascal too, but you're you know, but you but you you really mean what you do. You know, and and uh, it's I think it's a, it's a really great thing to see. Just as a side note, I love seeing you engage people like this because I, I will never forget meeting you with a backpack on. You know what I mean? And you were behind the table. We were all just sort of like, what are we doing? 
you know? Yeah. And then fast forward to now, all these years later, and we're discussing a history of making things. Because, I mean, you, you're... Uh, anyway, I like to go on tangents. So, <laughs> so I'll go back to... I'll go back to this. When, when I first started... I have always made things, always, since I was a kid. Um, my first real, real breakthrough thing where I realized I like to build things physically, because drawing is my first love. Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys who make end up in the toy industry want to be comic book artists, right? Your right. present company included. So I, I love to draw. I love to draw when I was a kid. I'm 45 years old, you know, so I was prime target in the 80s. Um, you know, I, I grew up. My, my folks separated when I was nine. Um, I moved to Massachusetts in 1980 from Maine. Um, and I always drew and I always built models. I used to build World War II models with my father. Um, I loved World War II stuff and I loved cowboys, you know, um, love those Westerns and obviously love Star Wars, Micronauts, the whole nine yards. Like I'm your generic, classic, almost boring, jackass who loved all that shit you know and, and I had a cow lit crooked teeth and fucking dead right eye with glasses and I got bullied so like this this was this was my young life so I loved all the stuff was a latchkey kid started building stuff out of twist ties in my mom's medical tape because my mom worked a few jobs my father moved out my mom took two jobs and put herself through school these would be the, so the twist ties from grocery stores right yeah the grocery yeah. stores so when so I, I sort of, my sister and I sort of were together a lot. Megan, she's three years younger than me. And we grew up sort of, my mom would work hard. We'd see my dad's every other weekend. You know, your classic 1980s. People will be writing more books about this later on. We're in our 50s. Yeah. Um, a lot of creatives have a, have a sort of superhuman focus because maybe it's because we weren't raised traditionally, you know, for you, for me. Yeah, we were sort um, of left to our own imagination and devices for a lot of yeah. basic stuff that I think a lot of people, you know, had, had taken care of and took for granted. Yeah, totally. And, and I think it's, we learned to self soothe. My mom puts it that way. She, she said, I, she said, I never said, I, I never said the words I'm bored when I was a kid. And I, I have, my eldest never says it. My youngest. Oh yeah. She says it every 10 minutes. Sure. Um, but but I was never bored and I kind of enjoyed just having time. So it was like, I like, I love music. It's the other big love of mine. You know, I, I play piano and mess around with whatever the hell I can get my hands on. I, I just, I love those things in conjunction with each other. So drawing something while listening to music and then maybe taking a break and doing twist ties or playing piano or just screwing around or whatever and eating some, you know, some spam, you know, so, so, whatever. But this was our youth. And then the TV was always on. It was. I had the TV on constantly from time I got home till the time I went to bed, which was crazy late. I've always been a late night person, even since I was a child. So I would watch the eight o'clock movie, then, the, you know, then the, the what was it, the 11 o'clock news and then whatever the hell else was on after it. But the entire time I was drawing. Mm -hmm. So so my dream was to, I just, I loved toys so much. I loved Snake Eyes, Snow Trooper, Storm Shadow. I loved that scale. I love muscle, guts. I love He-Man too, but He-Man he was, he, I loved early, early He-Man. That was the jam for me. When it, I didn't, I never watched the show. You know what I mean? Like I was into the toys and the weirdness of them. Um, but G.I. Joe, man, in, in Star Wars, in any Kenner shit, 
that was the best in battle beasts obviously that was later though you know that was in the late things and, and then you know in video games that was a big piece of it when those things came around but anyway all of it sort of became a like a creative cocktail that that steered me so the other massive thing was comic books so i i was in this cycle of my survival cycle was to just somehow be involved in this stuff all the time right but but i always was messing with my toys so i was taking them apart unscrewing joe's putting tin foil armor on them and then i realized you know because i had to do my chores put the trash out that these little twist ties were like an armature so i started messing with them it started out with like wraps that went around guys arms and like you know snake guys would get like a cuirass and like an armored top and like a weird giant arm right those weird giant arms ended up a theme <laughs> like the, the Nirasawa sort of uh oh yeah cemetery. yeah 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 I, and it's and it's that's why and it, you know it's funny Nirasawa being this you know well he was you know gone now but this left-handed genius you know and and it's just but but it was I got an assignment when I was in fourth grade that I had to do a, a book report in a in like a diorama right mm -hmm. so I want I was doing something on nights this is why I love the you know when we <laughs> when we did the old night I lost my mind yeah because it, it was it's it's such a classic cool thing a suit of fucking armor right it's just what kid doesn't want a suit of armor yeah for whatever reason because it protects you you're safe inside of it this it's there's a theme there that goes a little deeper but it's for whatever it is it just looks damn cool so i got a bunch of twist ties and i i went to the supermarket with my mother and i would take those those little bricks of them and i would and they didn't they weren't as available back then though so i would get them out of i was going to my friend's house it wasn't many i had like two friends and i take i take them home and i built this diorama and I built like 40 twist tie guys and I figured out this little system of making them mm -hmm. and then that it that was the genesis point that carried things to this day because I started to just want to play with them yeah and it, you know so That's I really interesting right like there's yeah. nothing as captivating as the stuff you make if you're doing it right I, I suppose yeah yeah I mean because it it it's an intrinsic motivation to make more that comes from the fact that you can. You don't have to wait for your ride to the store. You don't have to walk across the highway to get your next man issue. You know, you have to, you can just go in the kitchen and build shit out of tin foil, medical tape from your nurse mother and, you know, twist ties. And this is what I did. I mean, I still have a lot of what I built back then and I would name them and that's where my weird naming system started back then and because i would have to get weirder and weirder because they would all kind of look alike so i started changing them right. then they started getting bigger and then 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 one birthday my my longtime friend nick um i known him since i was seven um known to this day um he his mom was a creative and she's and nick was too he was a and he still is an incredible artist and musician and and nick's father was this he was that guy you meet when you're young who can draw anything and yeah. knows every you know a harvard alumni world war ii vet older an older father mm -hmm. um stewart his name was stewart stewart kranz and 
Uh, he was a buddies with Peter Gabriel, wrote a bunch of books in the 70s. Just just unbelievable guy. Like when I would be working, Nick and I would work at Stewart did work for, for digital at the time. He was a consultant, so they had decent cash flow. We didn't have so much on our side of the town. So when I would go there, we, you know, you get, you would get this, you know, incredible kid had every fucking toy that had yeah. written. He had the, the kids with back, the uh, Ewok Village and the USS yeah, yeah. flag. <laughs> That's it. And he has like an aquarium in his room and yeah. some like, you know, a double bunk bed made of oak. And it, it was awesome because it's the other side of the tracks. I had no, I just loved it. I, I, I always kind of liked just being alive. So I go over there it was kind of like going to the show, you know, and his mom would take us to Mr. Big Toyland and Waltham, which is like a legend. If you, you know, look it up online, if anyone, that's where the first, that was this sort of central place in Massachusetts that people got Shogun Warriors and we had Force 5, Jim Terry's Force 5, Dangard Ace, Grandizer, Star Avengers, all that shit. Um, but anyway, I would go over there and like Stuart would come in and watch me and Nick draw and he would be like, you know, the scapula is not attached this way and you know you need to come in here and then the lumbar and you know and then he would all of a sudden be telling us about greek history and then the next thing you know he's drawing you know crazy shit all over the page and it was great memories you know and these people are all gone now you know his father passed away years ago and but it's it it leaves an indelible mark you know uh creative mark to have a good mentor is a really important thing yeah um for sure. and, and and so he was i was lucky that he was there but and I digress. His mother, Nick's mother, gave me this giant, apparently, you know, they made twist ties and rolls for gardening. So it was double, triple the size thickness in a damn spool. Can you imagine my insanity when she gave me this? That's like, um, you know, it makes me think of like these uh, current day sort of resource and construction video games like Minecraft or Ark where you yeah. Just, you, yeah. you hit a vein of gold or diamond under the in a cave you know and it's just yeah, like and then the next thing you know you're going crazy for 17 hours yeah. you know like not eating or sleep it's you know that's like playing zillion with a friend you know what I yeah. mean like, you know, like, like there's just a magic to discovery right That that's in a very important that's a very important uh, word right there discovery yeah yeah I, I think almost almost more than anything even more than necessarily innovation discovery is what i think we lack a lot of now creatively not saying our little world but out there the big boys discovery because they're already on settled ground i right. think things that it people might not like all the aesthetics of glios in general and they might think it's happy meal fucking toys they might say this or that i've heard every goddamn thing you can imagine mm -hmm. but but what we what we are not is unoriginal right and and there's a discovery process with each thing that we put out each maker each maker is important each maker brings something special each has their own story and each one of those people share something intimate with the person that's purchasing it on the other side even though it's we don't have the orthodox system of going to buy it at the store right you get something you really get something better you're buying it from the people that made it and they're sending it to you from their hands to yours and you can do what you want because it comes apart and goes back together that simple operation that simple system allows for things to come together as stupid as it is it comes together 
comes apart, but it's a discovery every time. So even if you have the same figure, someone else makes a figure, they pop those pieces on there. It's so simple, but that, that element of discovery is also why, why I think we survive even in, and we're very small. We're all really small operations. So, I mean, two, three people operations. Yeah. Some guys are single operations, but it's, th this is very unique. This what's been going on for the past 12 years with all this stuff. It's very, very, very unique. And it, it, it honestly is truly unprecedented to have a collective of artists that work together without legal bullshit and still and work together and still work together and help each other. I, I mean, people out there understand the things that you do for people personally, the things that you do for your friends, your family, you lend your, your high IQ to figuring things out that other people can't. And you're not afraid to ask for assistance when you need it, but you, but you, you always are looking out and, and it's, it's, it's just being a good, like a good friend, you know, but also just being a good fucking person. You know, you look out for somebody or you try to help them. And there's been a lot of times, you know, I know you are getting it more and more now where you meet people that are coming up the line, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, they have a dream. They want to make a toy. They want to do something. And, you know, I, I listened to, to the previous one about, you know, whether Glios is a benefit or a, or a, a, a bane or a boon for making an action figure line. And I think, you know, for some, for some, in some regard, it can be a bane, but I think more than anything, it's a boon and only that it depends on the person. And you said, and, and that was the sort of the caveat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends on the person. I think there's a point of clarification here. Um, I, I feel like people need to hear no to see who rises above yeah. that. I you agree 100%. And I do think 100%. in going back and listening to that, um, that Glio specific podcast, it is a very negative and positively, you know, and like a skewed sort of take on it. And consciously or subconsciously, I think my goal is people need to be challenged more rather than assume they can rest on the laurels of the world you've built. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, we all, we, we always are in, in the same mindset with it. You know, I, yeah. I think sometimes the truth hurts. Yeah. It does, right? I mean, it, the, it does. This is what uh, Nate Olson, formerly of Frederator, calls being the benevolent crusher of dreams. And <laughs> you, you have to do that in order to make people really great, you know, because Nate would deal with hundreds and hundreds of animated pitches, including my own. And his job was to be the benevolent crusher of dreams and tell people no, so that they come back with something better and something yeah. undeniable. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is how it happens because the drive is what will see you through to the years ahead. You know, it, there's so many people that can write better, draw better, sculpt better, do it, do everything technically better or at a higher level than things that you and I are doing. Yeah. But, but what they aren't, they're not us. So they don't have that history and that drive. It's the drive that separates these two worlds. It, it's, I, I can't, I, 
it is in an endless parade of talent out there. There really is a shit ton. Yes. And now with you know people, people are able to sculpt digitally, and they're coming up. They're never even touching shit. They just go right into sculpting digitally. Right. And they're incredible illustrators, and it's but there's something special. It's just like it's quite similar to, to music, the world of music. There's just something where you ha- are. It's so personal. It's so insanely intimate. Your relationship with your creativity that it's it's a, it's a synthesis. But at the same time, it's like it's just you can't stop. You know, and maybe it's almost like a neurosis, or you know, you just you. It doesn't matter what anybody says to you, and if you get a mentor. You're you're lucky. I mean, Ron Daly is the guy that taught me how to do you know professional sculpting. <laughs> I could never pay him back enough. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. He's another person that, without him, that we wouldn't be talking like this. I would, I would have gone and done some other thing. But he, yeah. he, his expertise and his quirkiness and his ridiculous talent, he he lent that. He was generous with that, but he was also hard ass as shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't like he would look at it and say, "You know, I bring a sculpt," and he'd be like, "Well, you know, the face is good. I don't know what you were thinking with this, you know, yeah. this measurement. It's garbage, you know." Yeah. And then, like the next time I go in, he would make a buck for me on the mill because the guy was a mill master, you know, like Bridgeport. He would knock it out and then say, "This is what I want you to use when you're going to put your puppy shit on there," you know, and like it was new. You know, I'm a New Englander, so we bust balls. It's right. what you do, but it was funny because this is what this is what he would say, and and I said, "Okay, you're right. You're right." It's hard to say that when you have pride and you're human and and you've been drawing and you you think you're okay at stuff and then you meet somebody, and then that's what I think you're talking about is where someone says no, they don't instantly say yeah come on in, you know take a shit in the fireplace, you know what I mean? It's that's not how it is. You do need there needs to be some resistance to spark that fire to keep it stoked. Yeah, because I've seen it myself. I know you've seen it. I've seen it for years. Where people will, I'll meet people at conventions, and mm-hmm. so there's there's a there's a lot of good people out there, but there's a lot of there's also a lot of frustration, right? I mean, there's probably more frustration creatively than anything. Than, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I mean, all the people that have their comic, their idea, their toy, their 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 story. I mean, it's at least in this in the spectrum of the internet, they can share it. That's fantastic, but but a lot of it comes and goes. I mean, we saw a lot of it actually in the early days of Glios, back when the October Toys Forum was in full effect. I mean, it was like a that was like a meeting place for everybody, and that was yeah, that was for, for us anyways. 2012, 2013 was sort of the high water mark for what the community was when we did this, right? So there were dozens of guys that made their own customs. There were this, it was incredible, and they all were. They were all super talented and super good guys, but they all had their own personal sort of demons that they would also contend with, like the rest of us. Right. And it, and so, so they would have their time in the sun and move on. But what makes somebody last? I, I, I don't really know what the hell it is, but I think it's because you just, you're like, uh, it's like the Terminator. You know, it will not stop until the job is done, and then, you know, yeah. you're on. I, I you're on. It's definitely that uh, hunter killer instinct, but it's also part of it for me at least is um, 
balance, you know, like if yeah. the toy thing ends tomorrow, you have a life. I have a life and I have, you know, I can do other things. And I think um, also having a having a level of disdain for what you're doing <laughs> sort of keeps you uh, fresh and from from becoming insular with it, you know. It, it, it's true you know it's funny because i used to for years you know i was i was hot on that blog you know i would try to make try to post as much as possible yeah and then and then i you know and i enjoyed it but like we would do these lists and the lists the lists were daunting i mean guys don't understand like and it sounds stupid but like creating a list multiple weeks ahead of time doing all your math getting everything right, right. anticipating nothing gets fucked up when it shows up it it became something that I yeah the menus to, you're talking drop menus yeah the drop yeah. menus and I became I I be, I can't it would stress me out but I came to loathe it because it, I felt like we were because then you know then the comments would be like you know Matt oh good I'm glad that I saw that I don't give a shit you know like because people were, it also yeah. you get people get used to it they they take it for granted and I'm sitting here doing this stuff I don't really want it I don't want it I just want to work take, yeah and I and I like to. I like the, the 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 power of the creative moment. I don't yep. like canned shit. I right. don't like fake shit. I hate it. And and I and I, I it's like an instant send me the other way. So what really kind of you know what really kind of set those menus down the toilet is I got a kidney stone in, in 2015, right prior to one of our December launches, and I, I, that was honestly. You know, I, I had a I had a minor stroke that almost killed me. I had an aneurysm when I was twelve. I, I know I've had some some pain. You know, I've had migraines. Like every I'm sure people out there listening to this have all faced some sort of wretched shit in their life. You know, that physically, mentally, uh, you name it. Creatives go through it, right? And I, we have a very creative group of guys that do all this and are interested in this stuff with us, right? But I, but I, the past those kidney stones, I passed three. Jesus Christ. It, it was so. Talk about a surprise drop. (laughs) There, there he is. (laughs) It was, it was so, it was so painful, man. It was like, it, 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 it's strange, but it, it, it shook me out of a place. 2015 was kind of a, a, kind of a weird year for me with Glios. And I was feeling I was drifting apart from what I loved about it. And I was feeling weird pressure. And I, we had sort of an exodus out of, we had lost a lot of customers in 2014 when we rolled into that year. And, and I just was sort of like, and, we, and we, that's when the prices went up drastically in China and I was yep. having issues with that. And, and I just was feeling like a little bit bummed. And then it, I think it just, and we had had a you know, tremendous winter. Um, so like it, it was just, I just was like, you know, fuck this and and then it changed it changed over and i said i'm no longer gonna i'm gonna do things a different way i'm gonna concentrate on making every single launch as juiced up and as loaded as possible i'm not gonna worry about the budget on tampos i'm gonna do what the fuck i want without any hesitation anymore and if it dies it dies right in, in from 2016 to 2017 to 2018, we had steady increase in sales. They went from going down to going up, and 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 then I just said screw it. I just focused on taking the photos, focused on you know, really making each physical toy something I thought was special, pushing it and building new sets and building new things. And 
I found like I say I found the fire again and it took a physical implosion yeah you know for that to, revolting so I, I always feel like I pissed out you know the blockage the, the creative blockage went out of me and and then I felt like I felt reinvigorated you know I, I felt like a freshly paved highway as well but I felt reinvigorated and and then I felt that way ever since and I made it a point to try to expand the line and you know made the decision to do the Vilser made the decision to do a couple of these other things we're working on and just and fucking go for it and and I I felt so much better since I stopped trying to satisfy you know a vocal minority that never really enjoyed what we were doing anyways outside yeah. of their own controls and and that that really helped and I and and then we also were able to suddenly things started to expand again so other lines started to come into into a focus so battle tribes galaxor biomasters bit figs in 2016 came about 2017 we got warlords of war the zullin came in you know last year we had mega merge uh, pj's figure thousand toys you know what i mean it's also it's like yeah and it's and a hockey stick. Look at, yeah and in 2015 was actually one of the lower years of new production stuff so it's like i i it's almost like we were we were at a precipice of potentially maybe not being able to do it the way we wanted to anymore but the risk in the drive again the drive that's what did it that's what did it and i sense that in you and it's it's kind of funny when we look back at you know when we look back at at the the nice of the slice in the whole kickstarter you remember the whole thing like we weren't even sure we we're going to do bios with the stuff yep. even during the kickstarter did not know when yeah. we when we we didn't know yeah and it wasn't even really part of it and then we got talking about it and then i if i if i remember right i think it was like it that was like the beginning of 2015 it was the beginning of it that year that you did that it was like i want to say it was, was january it? Or february yeah it yeah. ended in february so yeah it, yeah and then i think you ended up shipping the goods like it was around october correct and 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 then hastings was until 2016 and i think hastings was hastings was at the beginning hastings was in uh, almost a year later from when the kickstarter the kickstarter ended right almost was like it was january i think we actually we shipped hastings at the same time the and then they went up for sale events. like didn't they go up for sale at the beginning of 2016 when i i they definitely they did not get them out as quick as they could have or should have yeah but the remember whole, there was a the whole thing yeah. the whole hastings thing imploded they went out of business and it yeah. couldn't stop the line but we're at the hour mark so this is probably a good place to put a pin in it oh yeah. shit um, <laughs> well, so much for the fucking that, hey but it was fun man i, I always love shooting shit together. so we will we will circle back for part two. you will finally answer my question about how you made the jump from handmade oh, yeah. to the assembly line we can talk about hastings we got you know this will be yeah, the first I mean, many, it's a, obviously it's a, it's a deep well well i hope i didn't you know go too uh, off the rails too bad that was perfect um so the only thing left to say is pizza out